previously on the Sunless Citadel. No matter what happens, I think Faith would appreciate how far you've come, all that you've done. You know, you've braved this place, all the monsters, everything, and you've never left home. It's quite a big step. And Seeker's gonna stand up and just kind of wrap Methuselah in a hug. I'll hug you back very tightly. And you guys embrace for a few moments. That door over there, perhaps Belak covered it so that it would be harder to find. Let me see if I can try something. He's gonna walk past Seeker and Thorn up to the door and he's gonna try to push it. Mortis is capable to slowly push the door, making a horrible sounds of rust. Might be able to have somebody go down there just to scout, I suppose. At the very edge of your night vision, you are able to see a swing. Thorn is very gently and quietly, almost like a whisper, going to say, Are you okay, Francis? As you guys get to see the full display of this goblin corpse that's just standing. Danger! Danger! This is not going well! We may need some assistance! Throughout the vastness of the multiverse, there lies a tavern. As you approach its doors, you catch bubbles of laughter that rise and burst into cheers as colorful groups of travelers find comfort in their bonds. As you head inside, the smile of the tavern keeper greets you. They're an otherworldly being with a bluish corporeal form. They wear attire befitting of an innkeeper, and they have a large cloudy nebula for hair speckled with stars, which gently sways with their movement. Welcome to the Storyteller's Tavern, where stories are served like ale and a seat is open for you at every table. Tonight's special is the Sunless Citadel. An epic adventure of high fantasy with notes of friendship, danger, and most important, hope. Will our adventure survive to descent into the dungeon? Or is there a darker calamity taking root far from the sun's reach? Hi Mortis, can I ask a favor of you real quick? Yeah, what, what is it? I know that sometimes during a fight I, I don't perform super well. If something happens to me and you can't bring me back, would you take my cloak and face cloak and face blanket and my ring? And when you make it out of here, if you've found Faith, you can give all of this to her. But if not, would you mind bringing it back to Tom's Rest to give to my parents? Of course, my friend. You have my word. Thank you, Mortis. That that means a lot. I, I hope it doesn't happen, but I just want to make sure if, if it does. After hearing the voice of Thorn, you guys are alert by whatever is inside. Erky then goes, well, I'm not entertaining that kind of thought. Let's go! And then he literally just jumps into the darkness. Top of the round, Methuselah. Methuselah is going to play on Yurik. The instrument, as well as the strings on the side, are going to glow in this purpley violet hue, but the darkness is going to envelop it, and I'm going to cast Dissonant Whispers 
But instead of the usual jagged notes that appear, the shadows start off as this snakes that hiss and create the sound for dissonant whispers. But then they come together in a silhouette before Methuselah, and it takes the form of Erky, and he says, He hasn't heard us yet. And then, yeah, casting the spell. So wisdom save on the one that hit me. Eleven. Fails. That is eleven psychic damage, and this undead is plagued with guilt and remorse. As the spell is cast, the shadows that are enveloping the magical glow of your music and power are stronger in this one, causing two more damage. It strikes the zombie, but the zombie still stands. Thorn, your turn. I will take disengage as a bonus action, and he will back up about 10 feet. Thorn is going to take his second magical stone that is still imbued with that blue magic and has a little smiley face, and he's going to whip it at the zombie that hit Methuselah. That's an 11 hit. That is a hit. Roll for the day. That is eight bludgeoning damage. Another vast projectile zooms through the air, connecting and piercing through the zombie. But the zombie is barely, barely standing. Next is another zombie that is going to attack Methuselah. Another very slow attack and Methuselah is able to quickly push it out of the way. Erky as he lands into the room, barely standing up due to the damage that he suffered just now. Vaguely able to see the silhouettes of what he thinks is the zombies, Erky grabs onto their holy symbol and extends his hand towards the silhouette. Lyrton, eradicate it! A halo of glowing light, still heavily obscured by the darkness, apparates on top of the silhouette and it is glowing enough to show the goblin zombie just beside Methuselah. The pillar of light descends upon this creature, a radiant damage, and the zombie is rendered to ashes. Mortis. Mortis is just gonna immediately drop the rope. They need us down there. And then he's gonna jump into the pit. If you jump into the pit, I need you to roll a d6 for me. Three. That's the amount of foliage that you receive as you land abruptly onto the ground below. As soon as Mortis lands, he's gonna grab the lantern on the ground and hook it onto his belt. And then he's going to use his bonus action to unsheathe his sword. So he's gonna rush towards the action with all of his movement. Are you alright? Yes, sir. There's a bit of a zombie problem down here. We've got this. And then he's gonna raise his blade up and stand ready for his next turn. Next is Seeker. Seeker is going to climb down. Do for me an athletics check as you climb down into the room. That's going to be a four. Speed takes the better of you. And as you try to place yourself quickly into the ledge so you can hook your claws onto the dirt and then safely climb down, instead of clawing the dirt, you just scrape the top and fall to the ground. Roll a d6 for me. Yeah, that's a six. It was a bad fall. It's bludgeoning damage. And when they get to the bottom, they're going to pull their daggers out of their boots and they're going to guard the exit. If any goblin zombie things come near, they're going to get stabbed. The zombie in front of Methuselah attacks. Sits bludgeoning damage as a powerful lamb of their hand strikes your chest. The last zombie attacks. 
they make just enough to be able to attack more. They try to strike you, but you are able to easily deflect the incoming attack. Top of the round, Methuselah. Methuselah is going to play on Yurik. And the song that Methuselah is trying to play is a little more like inspirational. It's supposed to be about she, but it's not because the magic is corrupted. And there is a faint rainbow hue as I do give you bardic inspiration, but I'm not sure how inspired you feel by this song. I'm going to start to play on Yorick again. The way I play it, it's like it jolted into playing it. The strings glow violet but another silhouette appears and it rises and it's huge. And it's a silhouette of Mortis who's crying and laughing as they were when he was in the fun zone before and just having the worst day. I can hear the shade in my mind going, You did this to them. It's all your fault. The negative energy gets directed at the goblin zombie that is right in front of me. That is six psychic damage. The power of the music strikes the zombie, causing considerable damage, but it's still standing. As the spell finishes, the shadows that form the silhouette of Shadow Mortis just dissipate, but they still linger around Methuselah. Next, it is Thorn. Thorn is going to take his last magic-imbued pebble, and he's going to throw it at the zombie that is beside the undead that Methuselah just gave emotional damage. Roll for the attack. I got a 12 to hit. That is a hit. Roll for the damage. It'll be 10 bludgeoning damage. A powerful strike as the projectile just pierces through the zombie. The zombie is just too resilient. And then as a bonus action, I am going to cast Magic Stone again and pick up three pebbles that get imbued with this blue shine and then have smiley faces on them. The zombie in front of Methuselah goes for a strike. For a third time, the zombie tries to slam against Methuselah, but Methuselah is quickly able to dodge out of the way. Erky picks another zombie and says it with zeal. Lear this light! Just torch the guy out! The zombie in front of Methuselah is bathed by the pillar of light emanating from the halo above it, and with it, it torched to slivering. Next is Mortis. Mortis briefly considers casting a spell, but then Methuselah, out of the corner of their eye, notices he hesitates for a moment, and instead he just holds his blade at his side, and then he's just going to try to slash at the zombie closest to him. That's a 14 to hit. That is a hit. Roll for the damage. That is 11 slashing damage. Powerful slashing attack, but not enough. Cut it down. As his blade is still connected to the shoulder of the zombie, with all his power, he's like, Gods, if you still hear my call, strike down this beast! And then he's going to cast Divine Smite. That is nine radiant damage. Powerful attack that causes this emanating pressure to open up the wounds even wider, gushing out grime and guts, but the zombie stays. Mortis backs up from the creature slightly, and there's a look of uncertainty on his face. <sighs> Damn my strength. And he's gonna end his turn there. Taker, your turn. Can I see either Mortis or Methuselah with my handy dandy dark vision? Just enough. So Seeker is going to 
move, put themselves at an angle where they can throw the dagger at the zombie that Mortis is trying his darned hardest to bring down, and they're gonna throw their dagger. Go for the attack. It's gonna be a 13 to hit. 13 is a hit. Roll for the damage. That's gonna be 7 piercing damage. The dagger flies, and it does connect, making it fall backwards, dead on the ground. You hear the moaning emanating from the ground as it starts to rise once again. Oh, goodness gracious! As the zombie approaches to do a powerful attack, Methuselah hears behind their ear. Over to the left. They quickly sidestep out of danger. Using half of their movement, the zombie in front of Mortis stands up and goes for an attack. These attacks are nothing to Mortis, as you are able to easily deflect that out of the way. Top of the round, Methuselah. From what happened last turn when they were trying to use their magic, they're dazed and hesitant now. Like, what's going on with Yorick? Why is it suddenly so dark? And they remember what happened with Mortis with the fun zone. And they're going to look down at Yorick, have their hands in position, but stop. And then they're going to look at their blade because they don't want to not do anything, but then also be like, I don't want to draw it. In their head, there's all these voices. and You need to do this. You need to help your friends. They're all going to die. You're going to let die, idiot. Conflicting sort of voices in their head all at once. <laughs> and they're going to freeze. Losing their action due to anxiety, Methuselah stands Another silhouette appears, and it is of Seeker because I did hear Seeker's voice. Mortis! Methuselah didn't ask for this, but they deserved it. Thorn, it is your turn now. Thorn is going to look towards Erky and go, Um, maybe you could use more of the burnings because the goblins will not stay the... And then he's gonna yeet a magic stone at whatever goblin he can see. Alright, roll for the attack. Methuselah gets his bardic inspiration back. This Thorn rolled a one. Roll the damage. Seven. Powerful, piercing blast goes through the bicep of Methuselah. Thorn is gonna go, oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, it's hard to see in here. And then Thorn is just going to stay where he is. Next is Erky. All right. Going for the classic. Lyrta's light. Take away the blight. The pillar of flaming light consumes the zombie in front of Mortis, completely pulverizing it. Mortis, it is your turn. Is it possible for Mortis to shift himself so that he's flanking with Methuselah? You shift yourself. And then Mortis is going to raise his sword over his head and slash down at that zombie. And I'm going to use my bardic inspiration. That's a dirty 20. That is a hit, mighty sir. That is 12 slashing damage. And with that, you bring the blade down into the zombie, cutting it open most of its chest cavity before it falls to the ground. A movie. You just hear as it starts to run. Seeker, your turn. Is there a way I can move to also attack the one that Mortis can't seem to kill? You move close, now engaged with the last zombie. So Seeker's gonna use their bonus action to pull their rapier out, and then they are going to go for attacking goblin zombie. 16 to hit. That is a hit. 21 damage. You strike it down, piercing, 
the inside of its skull and stays unmoving. After a little while, you're certain that it is once again dead. As you guys conclude the battle, you guys feel this wave of exhaustion just completely press against your shoulders. All of you guys have one point of exhaustion. Thorn will look at everyone and go, I wonder what's in this room other than these things? It's too dark for me to see. We should move on. Yes, sir. I don't know, do we want to explore or should we move on? Thorn wants to start trying to look and see if there's any other doors or entrances or anything in this room. Erky approaches Mephuzla and Morden, more to the point of just engaging in conversation as well. That allows Thorn to just walk about. As you head to the back of the room, you notice that there is something on the ground, encompassing what you must think to be easily a pool. This pool, though, has the darkest of liquid. You feel a weird sensation, as if the pressure increases, but it's somewhat familiar. You have felt how it is to be near an area that brings you to another location, but where yours would bring to a location of complete euphoria. This pool brings you to the complete opposite, a place of complete depression. Can Thorn poke it? As you get close, the pressure just increases and increases. Upon touching the liquid, you feel an almost like a current of electricity, but that freezes you from the inside. The pool is strong, but quickly, the sound of a semi-growl emerges from inside of you, and you just lunge backwards instinctively. You guys noticed this because this sound emanated from Thorn quite loudly. Best resembled what you guys would say, a big cat. At the sound of a cat coming from Thorn, Mortis cuts short whatever conversation he was having with Methuselah and Erky and just immediately walks towards Thorn. As soon as Mortis goes, Methuselah would go as well. Seeker is also going to approach. As they approach, they see Thorn shaking his hand as if it hurts, and he like sticks his finger in his mouth, and he looks over and he goes, Very, very bad thing here. A puddle made of darkness. It's so horrible. Thorn hates looking at it. And then he'll scurry behind Seeker. And as you guys approach Thorn, you guys see him turning towards you guys. One eye is not Thorn. It is one of Marquis' eye that has taken over one of the two eyes of Thorn. But just as quickly as Thorn blinks, it is both of their eyes back to Thorn. Methuselah, as you approach Thorn and you guys are close to the pool that you feel towards this small body of water is tremendous. Thuzula, upon seeing what I think it is, it's that same feeling of a bad home environment where it's like this place is full of so much bad, but there's that familiarity that pulling you back of like, I want to reach out to that place again. Do I do a wisdom save? Sure. That's an eight. Without real thought, 
Methuselah starts to walk towards the water. Mortis and Seeker, you guys notice that Methuselah is walking towards this very weird, solid black body of water. Methuselah, what are you doing? Stop! I have to go back there. It's where I belong. No, Methuselah, you belong here with us, alright? We're gonna get you that apple, and we're gonna get you back to Chrysantha, and everything's gonna be okay. I keep walking towards it. My magic keeps hurting people. It's gonna hurt more people. At this point, I feel like Mortis moves, physically grabs Methuselah. And Seeker is going to call out again. But your magic has also really, really helped us. Methuselah, we'd be lost without you. I'm casting Cause Fear. Mortis, when you physically grab me, I feel colder than usual. And you have the lantern, so it's casting the shadow on the ground. And from the shadow, a figure rises up. And it's not the shade that you're used to seeing. It's the silhouette of a woman who's standing there, and she's holding something in her hand over her. And it's a hand, and her jaw unhinges as she raises the hand up and drops it in to her gross mouth, and all you can hear is hissing. And it's this horrible hissing noise that's entangled with terrible laughter, and you're just overwhelmed with a sudden sense of helplessness. You can't get away like you're stuck. You're surrounded by people that want to hurt you. That's only a ten. You fail. You're faced with this imagery and this complete emotional charge of danger, and you must get away. Mortis immediately recoils in fear and takes a step back from Methuselah. <laughs> what is in that? And he takes a moment to recollect himself and see through the illusions. <sighs> not real. It's not real. It's not real. None of this is real. Seeing as Mortis is struggling and Methuselah is still making his way towards this dark puddle, Thorn is going to go out from behind Seeker, rush over to where they are, and he's going to look at Methuselah and go, Methuselah, stop and come here. And this purple glow happens as these pixies appear around Methuselah and go, as Thorn casts suggestion. So Methuselah has to make a wisdom saving throw. That was a 14. You just fail. This energy seems to consume you as the pixies keep repeating over and over again and you just feel like the only thing you can focus on are the demands that the pixies are telling you to stop and go over to Thorn. I have no choice. I will stop, but the spell will remain. As Methuselah moves closer to us, because the spell is still going on, Mortis stares at them with fear and takes a step back. They're just uttering under their breath, You never should have left. You don't belong here. She'll never accept you like this. Thorn is also taking a step back, like, Yes! Yes! Come here! Come here! Because he doesn't want the spell effects to end. So he's, like, backing away more and more, like, Yeah, come on, Methuselah! Yes! Yes! Come! Come! Follow Thorn! Come! You guys reach halfway through the and that's when Methuselah has the opportunity to shift your spell. Thorn got a three. Thorn is still concentrated, and as he's staring at Methuselah and sees this crazy snake lady, he runs and starts trying to scurry up outside the door. But his suggestion is still asking Methuselah to go after him, but now the pixies are like, Come on, Methuselah! Come on, Methuselah! 
So how do you guys climb this wall again? Thorn is just trying to scurry up it and claw his way up it. Do an athletics check. Thorn got a 16 athletics. Is there any way that Seeker could get up there in an acrobatic way? Oh, well. It could be a 13. You're able to quickly jump from one side of the door into the third wall and then grab a hold of it and the momentum brings you up. Mortis try to use his claws to like climb up. Roll an athletics check, please. That's a 7. You start to climb up, but you have a bit of difficulty. You slide back down. But then you notice Methuselah beside as they do not have strength just simply climb up this wall. As soon as Thorn is at the top, just runs and continues running. With suggestion still active, he probably gets out of the range, I'm gonna be honest. He's terrified. The range is only 30 feet. He lines it for like the nearest thing he can hide behind. By now, the pause here is definitely dissipated. Both effects and... As soon as I stop hearing the pixies, I turn around and start walking back the way I came, and my eyes are black. When you turn around, there is a small cell on your path. That is Earth. Methuselah, please come back with us. Can't go back. Build everyone. She wouldn't want to see me. Not after the way I left her. You're right. Can't go back. Not to that place. And he points towards the Shadowfell. I know what that is. I think I know it now. If you went there before, that could be the cause of why you are here now, as you are. We can work together so that she can see you again. Or you can just go back and you never see her again. Those words cut deep. Never thought it would come out of the mouth of small little Erky. The afraid gnome always seemed to be thinking the worst of you before thinking of the best. But now seems to be able to bring out the best of you. Methuselah is just going to fall down and start crying. Mortis steps over to where Methuselah is. He kneels down. He slowly places a hand on their back. It will be okay, my friend. It will be okay. You are stronger than you know. I know that you are worthy of her. You are worthy of so many things. Your life was cut short, but your story is not over. And then he's going to focus as hard as he can, and with whatever holy power he has left, he's going to use Lay on Hands to heal Methuselah. Methuselah's eyes lose the darkness as the tears drain it from their eyes. Thank you. I don't know what, what has come over me. I don't know what's going on with the magic, and I, I wasn't expecting to find another entryway to such a terrible place. You have had a tragic life, my friend. I do not understand the magics at play here, I will admit that, but from what you told me of that terrible, dark place, fear of it would be petrifying to anyone. To be as sane as you are says so much about your character. You will be okay. I promise you this. Methuselah gets up. Thank you. Your words are very kind, my friend. I know this sounds strange, and you probably won't agree to this, given how I just acted, but I want to see it again. Just briefly, I need to look into the pool. I need to see what stares back at me. I trust you, my friend. I will be right there with you. May I also have the lantern? Mortis nods. He unclips it from his belt and zit out. 
Thorn went and hid behind a rock, but I'd say when no chaos is ensuing any further, he peeks his head and scurries back over to where the door is and calls down. Is everything okay? I think that everything's alright. Hi, Mortis. Yes, my friend. What are you guys doing down there? Methuselah seems to have snapped out of whatever was gripping him, but we're... Uh, we're going to take a quick look back at that lake. I will be watching them. Okay, well, I'm gonna come with you. Wait for me. Yes, me too! And Thorn's gonna start climbing down. Is there a way that I could climb down acrobatically? Yes. Thorn got a seven for his athletics check. Hey, Methuselah, from your best friend, you're getting your bardic inspiration. Let me, let me tell y'all something real funny. So, due to the combat with the goblin zombies, I had used up all my bardic inspiration. Guess what? I have all my bardic inspiration back. Thanks, Dice. Really looking out for us. Jesus. The tumble did not go as planned. And instead, as you land on your feet and you prepare yourself by curling it up, you lean forward to do the first step of your tumble, and instead you smack your head against the ground. And then Thorn lands on top of you. Ow! You make a good cushion. Are you alright, my friend? Thorn, could you, could you get off of my place just for a moment? Thorn rolls off and he stands up and just brushes himself off. He seems perfectly fine, still has a big smile. As Dirk dusts himself off, Mortis puts a hand on their shoulder. Let me see if this can do anything. He's gonna focus for a moment as he once again uses lay on hands. Thorn is gonna run over to Methuselah. Is that lady gone? What lady? Lady who was eating your hands. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. When you made Mortis scared, and then you made me scared. There was a lady and she was eating your hands. I, I suppose. I, I, I don't remember, so I, I'm sorry. My, my mind is it's a little fuzzy from seeing that dark place. Thorn's gonna wrap his arms around your leg and do that thing where like kids grip your leg to keep you from moving. And he's gonna go, now you will not go anywhere. Well, I do want to go back there, but... I promise I, I won't have the same reaction. I've got a light now. Can Thorn try to roll an insight? Run ahead. If you needed bardic inspiration, you would have gotten it. <laughs> Thorn just stares up at Methuselah with these big eyes and goes, Okay. And he lets go of Methuselah's leg and instead grabs his hand. As you approach the pool, your friends, just a few steps behind you. Thorn holding your hand. Then can I look into the water and see what there's back? Seeker is going to turn to their best friend. Hi, Methuselah. What do you see when you look into the pool? Methuselah doesn't answer at first because what they see just fills them with a lot of sadness because it's not exactly what they expected. I... I see my reflection, but it's different than what I look like now. It's how I was when I was alive. White, long hair with chrysanthemums all throughout. And I, I have these red eyes, sort of squinting, because 
The light isn't too kind to dark elves. And long years, smile. I look happier. Like I, I was long before what happened to me on the road. Long before the Dark Warden, when I was traveling. Well, the one likes this Methuselah. Not the reflection Methuselah. I like this Methuselah too. You may see the reflection as the way you were when you were alive, but you are still alive in every way that matters. You feel, you love, you may, you may have been returned from the dead, but you are not some weak-willed construct. Thank you, my friends. I just wish it were easier to feel that way. Sometimes all I hear is the darker voices. It's a voice that I suppose I've always been familiar with. Even when I was alive. Vaughn hears voices too! It's something that is very nice! Methuselah, what do your voices say to you? Well, I don't suppose the voices are nice at all. Not usually, anyway. That is why maybe you will join the Marquis and be happy where the voices say good things instead of bad things. I don't think that I would like that particularly. There's so much in my mind that's... I, I can't even feel sad about. I don't know how I died and I'd like to know. So I don't even think I'd want to join the Marquis, someone who takes away these sort of things and, and blinds you. It is terrible to not know truth. Do you remember any snake ladies when you were alive? I can't remember anything like that. Well, maybe that lady is related to how you died. Perhaps in some way. I also think that this sort of thing might have something to do with my magic. Something's gone wrong with it. Honestly, at this point, Mortis is backed off. He doesn't really say anything. He's watching them carefully as they have this discussion. Thorn will start pulling Methuselah, but then he realizes that the mage hand just follows him. So then he reaches up and gently grabs Methuselah's arm and goes, Well, thinking about it too much only brings pain. And that's not good. No, let us get out of here, away from this stupid snot pool. Yes, I suppose we've spent enough time idling here. Thorn will just lead Methuselah back to where we can climb up. Before we leave, I want to pass Mortis and, and say, Thank you for this, my friend, and I'll give you the lantern back. I'm glad it could help you in your time of need. Uh, I will keep it safe. And he's going to clip it back onto his belt. You guys get to the entrance of this room again. Weez will climb up and then send you down a rope. Sounds good to me. So as everyone's getting to climb, Methuselah hesitantly plays a song at a bit of a distance from where the cliff edge is to limb up. And the song is going to be very melodic, and there is a lot of darkness that overwhelms Yorick. 
and I'm going to give everyone bardic inspiration. All those ones paid off, boys. And as everyone goes up, Methuselah will tie themselves to the rope and get ready to be hoisted. And you're able to hoist up Methuselah. Biffies. Thorn is going to go over to Methuselah and give him a hug out of nowhere. Don't feel sad, Methuselah. We'll figure it all out. And then you will smile like your reflection again. Well, as long as I get back to Chrysantha, things will be better. Methuselah, if I upset you when we were down here, I, I deeply apologize. It wasn't my intention. I was just, I was curious. What do you mean? Well, when I asked you what you saw in the pool, you you didn't seem happy. No, no, it, it's all right. Um, I know that I've been dead for a bit of time, and I've walked this plane of existence for a bit of time, as what I am. So I have gotten some time to mourn the idea that I'm dead, but it's still hard sometimes. So I suppose you you know what that thing was then? Like my reflection or the pool? Yes, that's uh, that's a place that I came from when I died and came back here. That's sort of the place that I guess brought me back. Back to Daphne's garden. You guys only have one real way to proceed through the entrance that you guys first met Daphne from. There's the rest of her garden. A door that is closed on your side. Another one that is half submerged. But this one does have a makeshift door allowing it to be used with ease. And directly ahead of you guys, another set of doors that are very big. The half submerged in the earth as well. But this one is already semi-open, allowing you to descend. As you guys see in the distance that there is a small ladder. Should we proceed on, I... That place sort of left me feeling a little bit drained. I don't know if we should maybe consider a rest or moving on. I mean, I think it would be best if we made sure that we were in a top fighting form for when we get down there. You know, Faith is an excellent healer. Erky is an excellent healer. Mortis does a great job as well. And you're always amazing at everything, Methuselah. But we don't really want to have to be healing if we've got to get into a fight because we need y'all to fight. So if we sit down for a bit, I think we can make sure we're ready. Thorn will finish collecting his rope and putting it away. Thorn thinks that this garden is very beautiful. Perhaps we will take a time to rest. That way, when we meet the druid, we'll be able to face whatever he has to throw at us. Morris shifts awkwardly. I hate to admit it, but the battle down there took quite a bit out of me. I could use a bit of time to rest and uh, reflect. Among the small shrubbery, the nice grass and moss that permeates within the glowing garden of Daphne, you guys find a nice cozy place as best as you can. 
to reside for your long rest. You guys gather and then finally take a long deserved rest. Well met, fellow traveler. You seem world-weary and in need of respite from this harsh world we live in. Fear not, I have just the thing for one such as you. An actual play D&D podcast titled Beholding Out for a Hero. This podcast releases bi-weekly on Wednesdays. Oh, but fear not, traveler. You can find this particular treat almost anywhere that podcasts are released. Here, allow me to tell you more about it. Tis the tale of four... intrepid adventurers. Miki, Kitty with an I.E., Jem, and Sergeant Patches. These misfits strive to solve mysteries set before them, although they certainly take that sweet time going about it. You do not believe me? Come closer and listen to my crystal ball. That doesn't mean I'm just going to eat you at the first chance I get. Fully organless. My insides are also dry. No organs. No. I am not a compulsive liar. Despite the way she's making it sound, we're not cops. Oops. I was wondering why you were mentioning dark vision. I was like, why does that matter? It's morning. <laughs> Go ahead, traveler. Take my scrying crystal and dive into the world of beholding out for a hero. Discovered almost anywhere podcasts are found. You will not be disappointed. That's the sound of me disappearing in like a magical mist. You have reached the end of this episode of The Sullen Citadel. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts and be sure to catch the next installment of The Sullen Citadel every Thursday on 12 p.m. EST. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a review. It's a small way to show your appreciation and support that goes a very long way. To connect with us, follow our social media accounts. And if you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon to join the conversation, view sneak peeks of Renette's project, and discover our fantastical bonus content. Our intro score was created by Patrick Horton from Off the Beaten Path musical. The Sunless Citadel can be found in Tales of the Yawning Portal, the book by Wizards of the Coast. The World of Nosamundas was created by Pedro Stockler. Thanks very much for listening for all of us here at the Storytellers Tavern. And by Lyrta... Guide us out of here. <laughs>